Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Hey, I'm excited today to have a great friend, a friend of mine that I have grown to love and uh, consider him uh, just an incredible leader in the Michigan Ministry Network. Rich Colon is here today. Rich, welcome to the podcast. What up, though? Hey, man, it's great to have you. <laughs> and uh, I love that intro. That's yeah. great, bro. Had to do it for Detroit. Come you know? on, for yeah. Detroit. Yep. And it, as you're wearing a Detroit versus everybody I, sweatshirt. I had to I do it, it for Detroit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Rich, you pastor a great church, uh, Santos Church in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, Southwest Detroit area. Yep. And uh Uh, Just tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what God's doing there. Just want to give you a chance to brag on your people. Yeah, man. Uh, Well, it's a great time to brag on my people. Um, Man, we just, long and short of it is, uh, coming out of COVID, you know, just whatever ministries were looking like in the area, uh, it left a very fertile soil for us to start a new ministry. Right. To to whatever you want to call it, replant, revitalize. And so we did out of that. Uh, right there in Southwest Detroit. And um, it's been almost two years now. It'll be two years next month. And it's it's been really hard, but yeah. it's been really rewar- rewarding as well. And uh, we're just, we're turning a corner as a church right now where, man, our people are really buying in. We're building out the leadership. We just had our first membership class. We're, we're trying to take in some elders and just build up the church like that. And uh, it's, it's been incredible, but we're really in a, an amazing season where it, it feels like I'm watching scripture just jump off the page. Come on, man. I you love know? that. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Got I saw a great some baptisms recently too, I think. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah. And That's so great. we, you know, we're not like... We're not so big that, and we're not we're not big enough to be like, oh, we're going to schedule them once. It's like when people want to get baptized, we baptize them. You Do know? it right there. Yep. And so, uh, but yeah. not in the Detroit River. No, that's no. just unwise. No, but our ba- <laughs> our baptismal might be about as cold as the Detroit. River, so, I love it. Yeah. I love it, Rich. Hey, listen, you you uh, you pastor in a uh, a diverse community, uh, uh, different. Uh, socioeconomic uh, differences, uh, a lot of poverty that exists around your church. You yep. have a black, white, Latino uh, members of your congregation. And so I wanted to talk yeah. to you on the subject today is the great opportunity for the church that exists through diversity. And sure. uh, as you know, diversity is big on my heart and seeing us uh, bring our, our unique stories and our unique perspectives to the table to help us become a better whole what is your definition? Let's start here. What is your definition of a church that is diverse? What does that look like to you? So, I mean, I think there's a number of things that could uh, quantify what a diverse church is. I think it, first and foremost, the filter that you have to run that through is whatever context you're in. Right. It's like your geography, you know, uh, socioeconomics plays right. a role in that. Uh, but for me, I would say, you know, it it's, could be all of or individual aspects of this, but, you know, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, um, uh, multi, you know, when I say multi-ethnic, multi-economic, um, and then also, um, just giving specific attention and nuance to, um, like, I don't want to say gender roles, but, but also just making sure that kind of where we're looking at the whole spectrum of people that we could be hitting. And so not just placating church uh, or aiming at one demographic, but making sure that we're really taking a full account of uh, who we should be ministering to. Love it. 
not as opposed to who we could be ministering to, right. but but given where we're at, who we should be ministering to and positioning ministry that way. So, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So from the youngest to the oldest, male, female, uh, uh, different ethnicities, uh, socioeconomic, just the whole package. I, yeah. I love that definition. Uh, we really are to be a church that reaches uh, people of all different backgrounds, different situations, different stories. And I think that's important. Uh, describe the your view on the idea, and we hear this a lot, um, but I want you to be expound, able to expound on that. Do you think a church should look like the community that surrounds it? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, we have these, in ministry, we have these like funny little like demarcations for success. Yeah. So like when I was a youth pastor, you know, it was like, oh, if, you know, if you have a church of 100 and if your youth group is 10, you know, you're, you're doing well because 10% of the church population should be in your youth group. You kind of have these little like footnotes of like where you're, where you're at these metrics. And so I think one of the top metrics that a a church should be looking for is that the church body reflects the community that you're found in. I think if you have um, a community that's like us, it's predominantly Hispanic and your church is, excuse me, your church is full of people who drive in from the suburbs and it's predominantly white, uh, you got to start asking some questions there. You know, I think if you have um, young families in your neighborhood, but you're only drawing old uh, or elderly people or more mature saints uh, to your church, I think you got to start asking some questions. So I think one of the metrics that uh, lead pastors or just people who are really guiding a church should look for is that what does our community look like around us? Who are the people that live in close proximity to us? And does our church reflect that as well? Are we reaching them well to where they feel like they have a place here? I love that. And and so before we jump to the next question, a follow-up to that is, how does a pastor learn who his community is? I mean, you, you live in the community. I mean, you drive through the community. You pastor in the community. That doesn't always mean you understand your community. Yeah, how does someone understand the community they're in? Uh, I mean, first thing I'd say is it takes time. Yeah. You know, we... Uh, uh, I get, I get calls from like, you know, maybe students that I've had in the past that are stepping in ministry now and they'll call and they'll go, Hey man, uh, we see that you guys are doing a bunch of outreach. Give me your top five tips on outreach. Right. And I'm like, well, give me your context. Give me all this other information. Cause I can't tell you what works for me is going to work for you. Right, right. You know, it just takes time. You got to develop this. And so I would say the same thing. Like number one, it takes time. Number two, it takes proximity. I love that. You got to, you got to, you know, we committed that when we started pastoring the church, we wanted to be pastors who lived in the neighborhood right. so that we felt the, gra- that way we felt the gravity and the tension of what it's like to live in the community. Love so it. we can re- relate in that way. But even if you don't, and especially if you don't, I'd say live in the community that you pastor in, you need to make a, an intentional effort to shop at those places more, eat right. lunch in those places more, uh, you know, set out time to take local leaders and, uh, you know, different people who are involved with businesses and things like that, take them out to lunch, talk to them, ask them questions. I mean, I think it takes a great deal of intentionality and time, you know, so really just proximity, asking people the hard questions, you know, what are the things that matter to this community for me, not from this community, you know, like I'm Hispanic and my community is Hispanic, but I'm not from Southwest Detroit. Right. You know, so what, I feel I can't just assume, well, this is what Hispanics want. Right. I got to say, hey, in this particular community right. with the nuances that it has, what 
what should we be doing and how should we be approaching? So I just think time is, is big, be patient, uh, be intentional, but man, get close. You yeah. got to get close with people. So. I think that's universal for every community anywhere. Sometimes we, I think have a tendency as pastoral leaders and maybe you agree or, or disagree with this, but I think we come into the community and we think we've got the answers instead of learning the history. And yeah. I think one of the mistakes we make is we devalue individual church histories and people in that church's history yep. at the expense of moving forward to the vision we have. And, and so talk about how valuable is the history of that church, of the people, of that community? Why is that important to celebrate? Because and to understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So first you got to understand it um, and you got to be non-biased, yeah. you know, because you can come into it and from your seat, yeah. you can see all the things that are wrong with it. Or, you know, when you take over and you see, you know, uh, behind the curtain, you can go, man, this was like this and this was like that. And the you'll start to see that the public perception of it is probably, you know, in a lot of ways could be really good, but the reality of it behind the scenes isn't, and you right. still got to find a way to walk that out and honor that because um, people's feelings are attached to that. Right. And these are, these are, those aren't things that you were there for, but these are people who may have been there for that as well. And if they think fondly of those things and then you come in and just start, you know, abusing those memories, right. well then you just immediately lost their trust. Oh, I love and that so, phrase, abusing those memories. Yeah. I, I think looking back, I think it's very easy for me to have done that and other yep. people to just not in a moment of moving forward, you forget. Yeah, this is a real stuff. And, and that's part of why when pastors now uh, assume a responsibility of a local church, we give them the history we have of that local church because yeah. we want them to start off by learning that when it comes to diversity, once you're understanding the culture, and I love that proximity and, and uh, value and learning and, and connecting and relationships. Um, I think some of our churches, possibly yours, uh, maybe the one I pastored as well, uh, we may lose uh, parts of our understanding of our city and our ministry because we're not in touch with local cultures. Uh, what do we lose when we don't embrace other cultures than your own? So say you're a predominantly white church in a very ethnically diverse community. What do we miss when we're not reaching to uh, different groups? Or, or you're in a black community and you have, uh, you know, uh, a mix of different Hispanic and white uh, people in your community. How do you, what do we miss when we don't embrace, learn, gather the cultures that exist in our cities? Well, I think, um, and I was going to say this before as yeah. part of like um, looking like your community around you, but I think it plays into this is that we also got to not assume what the community around us is quote unquote, because, you know, I youth pastored uh, for a little while in Madison Heights, which yeah. is a suburb of Detroit. And, you know, I think if you'd ask mostly anybody because it's a suburb of Detroit, you'd go, oh, well, it's it's a white community. Correct. Um, but the way we did youth group, you know, we'd have uh, kids from Chaldean families sure. coming out and we had a lot of black students coming yeah. out, a lot of white students coming out, a lot of uh, Mexican and Asian students in that yeah. area coming out. And those populations are very prevalent out there. But uh, culturally, you know, you have these pockets of them. So if you don't if you're not, again, intentional to find out really what your community looks like, yeah. you could just throw a blanket over it and go, well, we're in a white community, so we have a white church. And right. I think a pastor, you know, the onus is on the pastor to really look at the demographics of where you're at and go, what is an accurate picture of our community? So we're not being negligent and and just glancing over those things and missing a whole group of people that we can minister to. So I Be think accurate, that's, not make assumptions. That's right. right yeah. yeah, really, right. really figure out. Uh, what the demographics are. And then 
do things that position yourself in a place to, to minister to them as well. But what we lose out on, man, it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I love to cook. So I think about it like food and it's like, what would you do if you could only eat chicken nuggets forever? Oh, you know, like chicken nuggets are great when you not can forever. have a ton of things, but every single day, just right. some cold McNuggets is not what you want. You know, exactly. you want, you want these different flavors and different elements and different yeah. spices and it keeps things lively. And, and really what you miss out on man is like this tapestry of like humanity that God's created is diversity. And right. so when you, uh, really shortcut the church and take away the the opportunity to have a diverse culture around you, man, your people miss out on a picture of, of uh, God's design, right? You know, you miss out on these beautiful multi-ethnic and multicultural, uh, multicultural relationships that yeah. could be forged. People, uh, you as a person miss out on like self-awareness, right? You know, because how often do we purposely put ourselves in positions where we're uncomfortable or where we don't have the lion's share of information or we don't hold the the high ground, you know, over a leverage point and being in proximity uh, and specifically being in diverse communities keeps you on your toes in that way where it's like, right. man, you really become like a bridge and you learn uh, this phrase that I would use, you learn uh, like multicultural communication, right? Where it's like, you know how to relate to people of different walks of life and you know I what think to say, what not to say. Exactly. You learn, you glean, yeah. you, you speak a, a common language of togetherness as opposed to a language that brings separation. Yeah. 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 And God uses that, you know, God uses that, that kind of community to shape us and grow us and give us vision for what the kingdom is, you right. know what I mean? And so you, you miss out on a great deal uh, when you don't pursue that, you know, whatever you, that looks like. You don't like. become, back to your food analogy, you don't become one who loves food. You only enjoy certain parts, but you can have a whole nother perspective. Yeah. You know, my staff, uh, they were funny. They, they were foodies. And uh, they formed a group called the Feasty Boys. Uh, oh, I love that. And they kicked me out because I got Wendy's chili one yeah. time. And they said that I was no longer allowed to be a part of it. Amen. But they love food. And, and to that analogy, I think the beauty of a local church is you begin to grow as a person as you learn the culture of other people. Yep. And uh, I think it's essential. I think it's a part. Now, again, if your community is is not a diverse community in let's say, uh, ethnic ways, but it will be in socioeconomic ways, yeah. or, or it may be um, next gen or elder generation uh, connections. So part of what we can do is if you're thinking, well, you know, I, I don't, I have a predominantly 99%, you know, white community or black community, maybe I won't be diverse in those ways. Mm -hmm. I still encourage you to learn other culture and grow as an individual, For sure. but you certainly can look within your culture and say, there's different pockets of different other things yep. that we need to intentionally reach to. So it's universal. Yeah. These are universal principles, wherever you are, if you're in the UP or in Metro Detroit, yep. uh, wherever you are, um, as the church embraces diversity of all kinds, um, how do you think God feels about that? I mean, I know the simple answer is he feels good, but you know, uh, I think it's bigger than that. Yeah. What, what do you think God sees when he sees intentional efforts to wrap your arms around his creation in yeah. powerful ways? Um, I think he sees the church doing what he called the church to do. Yeah. Come on. Um, you know, I think that's when the church looks most like the bride. Yeah. Um, I had a guy, I have a, a young guy that goes to my church. Uh, his name is Ramon yeah. and he's born and raised in the community. And, um, he had church experience before coming to Santos, but I mean, like, I think he heard about us 
uh, second week we were open and he's been coming ever since he serves now all these different areas. And we interviewed him as part of a series recently. And, um, you know, we said, well, what, you know, what about coming to the church really grabbed you? And he said, you know, I love, I love the diversity. Yeah. And, uh, cause, cause we're in a predominantly Hispanic community, but like you said, we have white, black, uh, Hispanic within that. Like you said, there's yeah. different pockets, even yeah. within being Hispanic, you know, we have Mexicans right. and Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, right. and there's, there's a lot of different variation in there. Um, and he said this and I'll, I'll never forget it. Cause I almost cried when he said it, I was like, for real, he was <laughs> like, um, coming here and seeing the diversity. He said, I literally sat in service one Sunday and I had this thought. I said, wow, like looking at, cause he said, I only ever grew up in, in like monolithic churches. Sure. It was all Spanish speaking, all Hispanic right. or friends would invite me to all white churches. Right. And, and it was very polarizing in that way. And he goes, when I sat there and looked at everybody worshiping together, he said, I had this like epiphany that heaven is going to be a lot bigger than we think it is. Come on. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, I think that's what, that's what God wants when right. the church, when a local body can cause somebody to stop and go, yo, yeah. eternity is going to be yeah. like, th- you know what I mean? Like, right. I, th- I think God sees that and he's like, that's it. Not to put us on up on a, uh, no. any kind of thing, but I think the diversity, man, that's, that's what God, God wants. And in a lot of churches, we talk a lot about, you know, uh, how, what are we going to do for the least of these and how do we reach people on the margins and all these things? But then we only position church for affluent people sure. or we cater towards people who can tithe good. Right. Or we, you know what I'm saying? It's a temptation. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's a temptation. And, and, and I, and I get it. Like yeah. things got to happen and go forward. But when we do that, you know, we're not really serving the heart of God. We're right. not really pausing and trying to consider how to have proximity with these people who, who probably most times need to hear the gospel because they're, they're going to hear the gospel probably for the first time right. or in a, in, in a way that they can finally receive when a lot of people, if we're being honest that we position church for is people who have heard it a lot sure. or maybe grown around it or, right. or had more access to it. And so, man, it just, I want, I want our church to look and sound and feel like a little, little taste of heaven. Come on. You know I what I mean? It. And, uh, and it I, does, I, yeah. I've been there and it was wonderful. I, I was during worship, I was uh, worshiping with my wife and I was listening to somebody behind me who was singing the song, but singing it in Spanish. And yeah, I was beautiful. just sitting there going, I mean, I was weeping and I was like, this is just beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love that, that worship is not defined to a certain dialect or a certain, it, it's worship, it's God. And yep. I think it is a glimpse of heaven. Rich, in closing, what, what would you give to, what advice would you give to a pastor that says, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't stepped into any of those areas of diversity. I just, I've kind of just been pastoring who shows up, but I haven't intentionally tried to be in proximity and spend time and stuff. What one or two things of advice would you give them to say, where do you start? Yeah. Um, so first of all, you know, I think you gotta, gotta pray about it and, uh, just ask God to give you his eyes and his heart for that really, uh, give you a burden for that. But once you do, you know, I think, for us, the, the big step was, um, calling it out, man. Like we we're in a time, especially with a lot of young people or people who are, um, inexperienced with the church, they want to know what you're all about. Right. And, and a lot of authentic part of who you are. Yes. 100%. And not, not just kind of, um, you know, what I'd call signal blasting. It's a, it's a hood term for it, but not just, you know, putting these things out like, yeah, we're all about this. And then there's no follow through. I think you, you got to be clear with it and what you value 
um, and, and really get your people around that, you know, vision cast around that right. and, and start taking small steps towards how you can really honor that and reflect that more. You know, so for us, it was like, you come into, you come into the church, you come into the lobby and in the lobby, we have a thing that's like, welcome to Santos church. This is what we're about. And it says we value, uh, you know, we value diversity, yeah. we value community, right. we value, you know, people, you know, whatever it is, but we put it out there, right? You know, we it's make gotta it gotta be plain. part of who you are. Yeah, we make it plain. Yeah. So when people come in, you know, you never know what somebody's looking for, but a lot of times people that we're not already reaching are not staying because they come in looking for some kind of affirmation. Like right. there's somebody here that either looks like me right. or the people that are here that don't look like me get it. And they're thinking or, of or me. lives like me or right. struggles with the same things I struggle. Yeah. Whatever yeah. It's not is. just right. looks like, right. and, yeah. and look is relative to, it could be ethnic, but it also could be that, you know, you're, you're coming to, to church dressed in, you know, a $500 suit. Right. And I got sweatpants on, right, you know, absolutely. like what, where's the, where's the commonality here that's going to make me feel like I belong. And so name that, make it clear, embrace it. Yeah. Um, but then also have follow through, right. You know, don't just say it and nobody, nobody wants to go to that church where it's like, this is what we're all about. But then when you really dig down to it, nobody yeah. wants to change anything, <laughs> right, right. you know? So let it, let it be reflected, you know, be intentional with the people that you raise up and give voice to things. Um, for right. us, when it is uh, multi-ethnic in that specific realm of diversity, we even try to ask ourselves, and I go to my worship leaders a lot, hey, um, you know, we do a lot of elevation songs. We do a lot of these kind of songs. What what other songs are we doing that that communicate to our Hispanic right. uh, demographic within the church that, that we're thinking of them? Right. What about our black brothers and right. sisters that we're thinking of them? And those are hard conversations to have. But because we've established it as a value, everybody's ready to have that conversation, you know? And so I say, uh, I would say just, just start there. Really look at who you could be ministering to, who you should be ministering to, yeah. because that's who God's given you proximity to. Embrace that proximity. Uh, ask God to really grow your heart and your vision around it, and then be vocal about it. Be Love open it. about it. You don't have to be something that you're not. But tell people what you are. Right. Let them know right. where they're at and that they belong. I and um, and then just follow through, man. People people will be okay. What I've learned is people will be okay when you make a mistake. Right. What people don't tolerate is saying that you're going to do something or Doing that you're nothing. about something right. that you don't really do. Right. So. I love it. Oh, Rich, so good, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, I thank you so much for sharing this. I do believe diversity is a great opportunity. I think the world and every realm of this is looking for authentic places they can call home, they can belong. Yep. They can be, they're not asked to not be who they are. They're asked to bring who they are to the bigger story that's being told in a local church. Yeah, so man. keep killing it in Southwest Detroit and Santos. You know, I'm cheering you on. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, awesome stuff. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.